Hello, and thank you for joining us on Dark FM Radio. We are currently... On the air. Standards are coming thick and fast now. Here's the Bridge City Jazz Men's version of another favorite, Jada. Hail you ghouls and goblins out there. You've tuned into Dark FM Radio. As always, I'm your host, James Blackbone. If you've listened in before, then you know what we do. But if you're new to the show, first of all, welcome. Here at Dark FM Radio, we tell stories. And not just any stories. First-hand accounts of unexplainable and creepy experiences. Anonymous emails and letters from regular people who claim to have witnessed or experienced something from either the supernatural some kind of terrifying experience or just something that just quite can't be explained so sit back relax turn out the lights and join us our first story tonight makes you wonder when you're at home alone Are you really alone? We'll call this first story Broken Hinge. I lived alone in a small house in Upper Wisconsin. It's in a small community, with a couple dozen houses in the area, but it's a few miles away from town. I'd been living in that same house for about four years, and for the most part I hadn't had any issues. I liked not being in a busy area, than just having trees surrounding the community. I worked a normal 9-to-5 job though, which meant driving into town most days, and getting home around 6. This all happened last year. And afterwards, I sold my house and moved closer to town, because the thought of it happening again still gives me chills. I woke up one morning at my usual time to get ready for work. I got dressed and made a bowl of cereal, then drove into town. At five, I started the drive back home. The sun was setting, and by the time I pulled into my driveway, it was dark out. I headed inside and dropped my bag on the kitchen chair, then started searching through the pantry for something to eat for dinner. As I looked through the shelves though, I noticed something odd. The box of cereal I had for breakfast wasn't where I remembered to have put it. Actually, it wasn't anywhere at all. I looked around the kitchen for a minute, just really confused and thinking that I was losing my mind. I got frustrated after a bit and gave up, 
making a quick dinner and trying to enjoy the rest of the night. At 10 o'clock, my eyes were getting really heavy, so I turned off the TV and stumbled into the kitchen to fill up my water bottle before bed. Then I went over to the back door to turn off the back porch lights. But just before I switched them off, I saw something far back at the edge of the yard. A figure standing among the trees just past the reach of the lights. I had no way to get a closer look, so I just stood there looking at them for a few seconds until I saw them walk away deeper into the forest. It was really strange and gave me chills, but I wasn't really sure what exactly even happened. I was more confused than anything. I switched off the lights and went to bed. In the morning, I got ready for work again and went downstairs. But, when I opened the pantry, the box of cereal was there. The one that I thought had been missing. It was sitting right where I'd left it. I figured I just missed it somehow, and quickly ate and went to work. All day though, I sat at my desk thinking about it. The more I thought of it, the more sure I was that it was not there yesterday. Then the figure by my house came to mind, and only got me more freaked out. It was Friday though, so I had the weekend to relax and collect myself. At 4, my boss let the staff go home early, which was a big relief for me because I couldn't focus anyways. I drove home, getting there just before 5. As soon as I stepped through the door though, something was off. I didn't know what, but I could just feel it. I walked into the kitchen, then everything seemed to be in place. I froze. It came from the living room. Hello? I called out. It was quiet again. I stepped slowly to the entryway of the living room and scanned the room. I took a few more steps in and walked carefully through, checking behind everything. There was nothing and no one. I went back by the front door, preparing to check upstairs when I heard sudden footsteps shuffling through the kitchen. I turned my head and looked down the hallway. A man was standing at the far end, looking at me. It was like my brain and body just shut down for a second as we stared at each other. I spun around and swung open the front door. I heard his footsteps coming up behind me as I sprinted out of the house and ran all the way to my neighbor's house. They called the police for me and let me stay with them until they arrived. The man was of course gone by then, but they found one of the window hinges to be broken, allowing access to the home, even when locked. They also found some disturbing evidence of the man having likely been spending hours inside my house, eating my food and everything. There was no way to tell how long it had been going on for. After that, I put my house up for sale and stayed with some relatives until I was able to move. I don't know if that man was harmful or if he was just living in my house because he could, but I could never shake the sight of him standing at the end of my hallway, staring at me with those dead eyes.
I don't blame her for selling the home and moving. To be honest, if it were me, I'd probably do the same after an experience like that. Our next story tonight is a good reminder that sometimes maybe it's best to just leave things where they lie. We'll call this story The Videotape. So the events of this story still make me think back to that night and I'm still trying to process what exactly happened. The events that took place on the strange night were about 10 years ago from the moment I'm writing the story. My friends and I were 17 years old and spent most of our weekends with each other. A habit that started back in elementary school, playing video games and sleeping in each other's houses. All through middle school and high school this was our weekend routine. At one point during senior year, we decided that we wanted to mix things up a little bit by taking a little night drive. It was myself, who had a license and a car at this point, and my two friends, Robbie and Scott. My parents trusted us because, all things considered, we were good kids. The night started out like most nights. Scott and Robbie showed up at the house to sleep over for the night. We ordered some pizza, played some games, and just talked about school for a little bit. Shortly after 11 p.m., we decided to go for a ride. For no other reason than to listen to some music and just exchange some good old-fashioned conversation. We just drove for a while, turning down roads that we didn't even know existed, and before we knew it, we'd been driving for several hours, and I couldn't remember the last time we saw streetlights. It was extremely dark and desolate wherever we ended up driving. Around one, maybe a little bit later, we were driving down this really eerie and very poorly lit road, when we approached a car that was on the side of the road. But it was not just parked on the side of the road, it was kind of somewhat crooked and the hood was tucked into the shrubs, almost as if though the car had lost control and got into an accident. The red taillights were still giving off a soft glow on the road, and Robbie suggested that we look in case someone fell asleep at the wheel or something bad really happened. If someone had got into an accident, it would have taken hours for paramedics to find them if we didn't do something right now. We slowly and cautiously approached the vehicle. It was an older red Honda Civic. We got out of our car slowly and began approaching this red car. Robbie said in this really brave voice, Hey, anybody there? You hurt? And there was no response. And as we got closer, I shouted, Wait. While we were walking over, I started to make out some type of figures in the back seat just sitting up. And Robbie shouted again, and this time with a bit of urgency in his voice, Hey, are you okay? Again, there was no response. No noise at all except for the motor of my car running several feet behind us. After a moment, Robbie finally said whatever and approached the red car, and we followed closely behind him, even though I felt something was wrong in my gut. We all were shaken with immediate fear as we went up to the window. There was, in fact, a person in the back seat. But almost more hauntingly, it was a mannequin, not a real person. And my first thought was, who in God's name 
would drive around with essentially a lifelike doll in the back seat. Admittedly, we got a good laugh out of this for a moment. But then the paranoia of this situation came back. Robbie continued to scream if anybody needed help or assistance, but there was still no response. And this is when I noticed that this mannequin had something in its plastic hands. It looked like some sort of tape, a VHS tape. Without thinking, I took the tape and I didn't even tell my friends until later that night. We decided to just call the police, which we should have done in the first place, and we reported this abandoned car. Copy on the road there, The police asked for the license plate number, and that's when we noticed that there was no license plate on the car. Whoever ditched this car either didn't have plates or took those plates with them, and all they left behind was that creepy mannequin with that old VHS tape. So we made our statement and told the cops the location of the car and left. Later that night, while we were talking about this incident and just how crazy it was, and that's when I told my friends about that tape that I took from the car. In a sort of shock and perhaps a bit upset that I didn't mention it before, they of course wanted to watch it right away. On the sticker in front of the tape was this plain white sticker that only just said, Watch Me, written in black marker with very crudely drawn skull and bones. I had some pause, but decided that we had to watch it. Curiosity was getting the best out of all of us at this point, and I found my parents' old VHR in the crawlspace and hooked it up to the TV. The tape began with about five seconds of a black screen and just the sound of a static tone. Then a man came on the screen with a beard and long hair. The quality of the tape was horrible. He stared into the camera, almost as if though he were staring right at us and he wore a red flannel and sat at a table next to what appeared to be a workbench of some kind. He stared into the lens for two minutes straight without saying a single word. We watched the time, and it was the most unsettling two minutes of my entire life. And after those two minutes, he laughed, and then sort of morphed that laugh into a cry, all while staring directly into the lens, and finally said in this sort of low, monotoned voice, This tape belongs to me, and I know you have it. I'll find it again, and you'll be sorry. He then followed this with another horrible laugh and cry combo. We then fast-forwarded the tape for several minutes and nothing else was said other than a few laughs and just this strange man staring at the camera. And finally it just cut to black, and it ended. Now after a bit of conversation about this situation, being stupid kids we decided not to give the tape to the police. I just kept it, and after all these years the tape still sits in my bookcase. I'll never watch it again, and I've never even really spoke about this event until now writing it down. And I'm sure this is just some kind of stupid joke, but to us kids, this was burned into our brains for years, and I'm still kind of scarred by the mental images that I witnessed that night. Every time I see a man that resembles that man from the tape, even after all these years I still get that pit of the stomach type feeling, and I'm reminded of that fear and paranoia that I felt in that evening. Why did he have a mannequin in his back seat? Why did he crash his car? And why did he have a tape there? Lots of strange and mysterious 
parts about that story really makes you wonder, was that person just messing around, or is there something more sinister to that setup and the videotape? Well, there's only one person who will ever know the answer to that. Our final story tonight is a good reminder that even though sometimes we want to be alone so we can focus, maybe we should really look around and make sure that we're actually alone. We'll call this one The Mask. I always had a really hard time focusing when it came to schoolwork. I've had some traumatic experiences in my life and, as a result, it just makes me feel off. I can't focus at all when I'm home. Even when it's quiet, every little thing bothers me and I feel like I just read the same line a million times. In my sophomore year of college, I started driving to a secluded location and doing all my readings for school. I didn't live far from the country, so it would only take me about 20 minutes to drive to a peaceful location. I found the peace and tranquility of nature to be soothing. I know it may sound crazy to some people that I would drive that far just to do homework, but I really had no choice. It ended up being the only way that I could concentrate on my work. When the end of my senior year was approaching, I started to freak out about one of my big exams. The exam was 40% of my final grade, and I needed at least a 75 on the exam to pass the course. I decided that I was going to spend the weekend before the exam studying and that I was going to make my own little adventure out of the experience. Instead of going to my usual spot, I was going to travel to an area a few hours away, hike the beautiful trails and find a nice quiet spot to study. I left first thing Saturday morning and arrived at my destination around 10 in the morning. I spent the early part of the day hiking until roughly 2 in the afternoon. I found this amazing spot near the top of a steep hill. It was a clearing that overlooked a bunch of trees. There were some rocks on top of the hill and I was able to get comfortable with my books and computer. I started reading my textbook and I thought that I could hear the sound of twigs snapping. Now in my distracted brain, all I could concentrate on was the sound of the twigs. It was driving me crazy. I first thought that there was some sort of deer or chipmunk or something that was prancing around in the woods. I thought that I could go over and maybe scare the animal and whatever it was would just flee further into the woods and away from me so I could focus. I made my way over to the edge of the tree line and shouted some nonsense noises to try to scare whatever it was, but I heard nothing. I made a sound again and clapped my hands together, and again I heard nothing. I stared intently through the thick trees and I swear that I saw a silhouette of a person move, but I figured that my mind was playing tricks on me. I kept looking for a little while longer and I realized that the noise had stopped. I thought to myself that whatever I did must have worked. I sat back down and started to read my textbook again, but now I couldn't concentrate because I couldn't help the feeling that something wasn't right. I flipped through the pages several times and once I realized that I wasn't retaining anything I decided to pack my things up and head back. I was fairly far away from where I parked anyway so I figured it was time to walk back and I would just find a spot to study that was closer to where I parked. When I walked over to the tree line, I paused instantly. Standing about 30 feet away, 
shrouded in the trees was the backside of somebody. It appeared to be a man since the shoulders were so broad, but because the back was facing me, I couldn't be sure. They were dressed in all black, and it looked like they were wearing something on their face. I didn't move or say anything. I just stood there frozen and tried to calm down since I had a million thoughts flying through my head. It felt like an eternity, but in reality it was probably only seconds later, and the person turned abruptly, facing me. And I can't accurately express how much fear I felt in this moment. The mask was horrifying. I would guess that it was homemade since I had never seen a mask like this in my life. It appeared to be white, but also appeared to have a long snout hanging from the mask. It almost looked like a mask from one of those scenes in Beetlejuice, if anyone knows what I'm talking about, except somehow this was creepier in the moment. As I said, the mask was white and not skin-colored like in the movie. The eyes on the mask were jet black, and wild hair protruded from the mask. I think the hair was attached to the mask and not the person, because it was sort of a mustard yellow color. The person started to hum, and I didn't notice it at first, and I didn't realize that it wasn't some melody. It was a really drawn-out hum, like a sort of groan coming from this person, and they started to step closer to me. I freak out. The clearing that I was on was not big, so in order to walk back to the trail, I would have to walk by this person. I couldn't slid down the hill, but I probably would have broken my computer and most likely broken my legs since it was extremely steep and very high up. This person started to run, full speed at me, still making that horrible groaning noise. I still can't even believe what happened next. The person ran at me, stops, right in front of me. I'm frozen there. And they laugh. And then they just start humming again, but didn't actually lay a single finger on me. Not wanting to know what was happening or taking any chances, I just ran as fast as I could around them. The entire time that I was running, I could hear this person seemingly trying to follow close behind me, still humming, but I didn't bother turning around. I finally made it to my car, and that person was no longer following me. I tried calling the police, but of course, my phone service was pretty shoddy out there, and I drove several miles to the closest town. I called the police once I got there and reported what had happened, and I don't think they did anything since technically the person didn't do anything other than just disturb me, and there were no other complaints. I have no idea what that freak was doing in the woods. I don't know if they were on something, playing some type of prank, or truly messed up enough to actually hurt someone. It seems unlikely that it was a prank since I didn't see anybody else in the woods, and it seemed like we were the only two humans in the area. I realized I shouldn't complain since I was unharmed in the incident, but the psychological trauma that I felt, it still sticks with me to this day. I'll never forget that terrible afternoon, and the memory of that horrible mask. Wow, that could have gone much different and been much worse. I think our friend in that story probably got pretty lucky. Why the white mask? The creepy humming? 
I'd sure like to know, but unfortunately, we probably never will. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Dark FM Radio. Credit our source for these stories, MJV Animations, on YouTube. As well as Martin Animations, you can also find on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. It truly does help us. Thank you again for tuning in to Dark FM Radio. Good night.